While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. This is Moving Through Georgia, and this is an extra episode, A Murder in Northeast Georgia. This was a story that I told at the live event in Demarest at uh, Sweetbreads on April 8th. Hope you like it. We begin with M.C. Hunt. M.C. Hunt moved to Jackson County from South Carolina in 1892. He wanted to open a grocery store. While living in Jackson County, he was single and had a reputation for being frugal. He saved his money. In 1897, for reasons we are going to try to look into in a minute, he decided to go back to South Carolina, so he began selling out his inventory. In 1897, he decided to go back to South Carolina, and we will look into the reasons why he made that decision in a minute, so he began selling out his inventory. He also stopped putting money in the bank and instead kept it in his home. I think this was fairly well known among the people of town. It wouldn't take much for a rumor to start if people noticed that Hunt was no longer going to the bank to deposit money. Enter Grady Reynolds. Grady Reynolds lived in Banks County in a community called Belton. Belton is a community on the border of Banks County. Actually, some maps show Belton in Hall County. In general, it's near Lula. Reynolds had been married and he had three kids, but they had separated. The divorce at this point was not yet finalized. He also was a moonshiner. He had served two previous prison terms for making whiskey. Later on, when someone interviewed him and asked him, Do you ever drink? He answered, Yes, I have drank as much as a half gallon every day. I never drank any until after I was married, and never would have drank then, but trouble, trouble, trouble. Reynolds offered to buy Hunt out and just basically take control of the grocery store. So the two had to go get the money from the bank in Harmony Grove, which, as you know, is now the city of commerce. The two set off in a wagon to go to the bank, and Reynolds returned later in the day alone. He opened the grocery store and started selling all the inventory for half price. He was obviously trying to raise some quick cash. Rumors began to spread about what had happened to M.C. Hunt. When people asked Reynolds what had happened to him, he said he didn't know. Maybe he went to Nevada to go see a prize fight that they had talked about earlier that day. Eventually, Hunt's brothers heard about the disappearance and they headed to Belton. And as soon as they got there, they heard the stories and swore out a warrant for Grady Reynolds. Reynolds was arrested. When he went to the jail, they found a pistol on him and M.C. Hunt's brothers identified it as belonging to their lost brother. At first, of course, he denied any wrongdoing, but when the sheriff threatened to start searching the countryside for the body... Reynolds gave in quick enough. He confessed to the murder and gave a general location where the body could be found. The body was found and showed that it had been attacked with a gun, an axe, and a knife. Reynolds could have stopped there, but he continued by implicating his friend Bud Brooks into the murder. In fact, he said that Brooks did the actual killing. 
Now Reynolds' story is that the two did set off for the bank. Brooks was further down the road cutting some wood, lying in wait because the two had plotted to kill M.C. Hunt that day. At some point, Reynolds noticed that Hunt had a pistol and suggested they take a break from the long carriage ride and go hunt some birds. They happened to stop in the vicinity of where Bud Brooks was cutting wood. Reynolds says that once they got deep into the woods, Brooks hit Hunt with the butt of the rifle and then killed him with the axe. Reynolds returned to Belton with the deed to the store, which was either a forgery or possibly Hunt had filled it out in advance. The murderers split $2,000 in cash that Hunt had been keeping in his house. A warrant was issued for Brooks' arrest and a reward was posted, $500 and half of whatever money was found on him. He was captured about a week later in South Carolina. He had a girlfriend there. As he was brought back to Harmony Grove in custody, a rumor came to him that there were 500 men waiting at the jail to basically take the law into their own hands and hang Brooks right there. He very quietly got off the train, met the sheriff, and was brought by carriage to the jail. There was actually no one waiting for him. Now, I think everyone listening to this has seen enough police shows to know that this would never happen today, but the two accused men were put into a room face-to-face -face and ordered to talk about the crime. Brooks tried to get Grady to say that he didn't hit Hunt at all. In fact, he said that Grady always talked about getting Hunt's money, and that Grady believed that Hunt had ruined his sister. That could possibly be the reason that Hunt wanted to go back to South Carolina. When Brooks explained the plan, it was very similar to what Grady had said, except that Brooks said that he was there just to provide an alibi. Maybe he would say that he saw the two headed to the bank together and headed back together. Or, if Grady killed him and made it look like an accident, Brooks could be a witness to that accident. Long story short, Brooks said that Grady committed the murder, Grady said that Brooks did it. Either way, after the murder, they divided what money Hunt had on hand and threw the body in the river. Now, especially with Hunt's brothers in town, the two murderers were always at risk of being taken out of their cells in the middle of the night by a mob who wanted to take the law into their own hands. The two were transferred to a jail in Fulton County for safekeeping. The Banks County newspaper actually takes great offense at this and mentions that they would never even consider a lynching. After being locked up for about a month, Brooks suffered a stroke that led to partial paralysis. Reynolds told anyone who would listen that it was due to guilt brought on by lying about Reynolds' role in the murder. Justice moved pretty quickly back then. There was a trial in August, the two were found guilty and sentenced to hang in September. There was a delay. Brooks' case went to the Georgia Supreme Court basically over a technicality. And since Brooks' hanging was delayed, so was Reynolds'. This is actually an interesting detail. The two were provided with identical black suits in which to be hanged, and this included hats. They ate their last meal, which were spare ribs, sausage, ham, and coffee. 
Brooks spoke to someone at the jail and reiterated that he was not present for the murder, but did say that it was right that he should die. He never denied the fact that there actually was a conspiracy between the two to kill MC Hunt. Reynolds said that he regretted the crime and blamed it on bad company and whiskey. Reynolds had the last word. Somebody in the crowd yelled, goodbye. Reynolds yelled, goodbye, goodbye. I wish you all joy. Reynolds is buried in the Reynolds Berry Stevens Cemetery in Lula. Reynolds stone is hard to read, but it says, hanged, buried side by side with a friend. They robbed a grocery store and in the process a man was killed. Not exactly true, but close enough. Now, if the friend they're talking about was Bud Brooks, he's not buried next to Reynolds. A grand old right left walk on your heel and toe From an eight-deaf pretty gal to Georgia That's all